Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, Orlando. It is Tuesday morning here on the 50,000 watt front porch where we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Filling in for Bud, this is Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning it's time to power up for the hurricane season, and Starbucks will close all its doors for racial bias education. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. So the North Korean summit, is it on? Is it off? Is it on again? Well, we'll find out next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Tuesday morning at 6.01 on News Radio 1025. Alberto is weakening and is now classified as a subtropical depression. The National Hurricane Center said maximum sustained winds were down to 35 miles per hour as the system moved north into Alabama overnight. However, Alberto will continue to impact Florida with a possible two to six inches of rainfall, especially over the panhandle through tomorrow. And swells generated by Alberto are likely to cause life-threatening surf and rip current conditions along the eastern and northern Gulf Coast. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. It didn't turn out too much for us no. here in Orlando. I mean, I was expecting a lot of rain, and it just it just missed us. Yeah, I was too. I mean, we were expecting a washout on Sunday. Yesterday yeah. was supposed to be really rainy, and instead it was a beautiful day. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was kind of nice. That's, that's Florida. Yeah, that for is you. Florida. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But don't let your guard down, because the experts say you should already be prepared for hurricane season, but the state is making it worth your while to wait a few more days. There's a one-week sales tax holiday in Florida for disaster prep, and Chris Kaiser with the Outdoor Power Equipment Institute says you can save money on flashlights, batteries, tarps, radios, and generators. You know all of our favorite things. The key to storms is preparation. You don't want to be looking for these things or fuel for these things after the fact. And so I think what the state is doing here is telling people, get ready. But the tax break doesn't begin until Friday, the first official day of the new hurricane season. Alberto may not have been a problem here necessarily in central Florida, but two television journalists from South Carolina are dead after a tree fell on their SUV. Anchor Mike McCormick and photojournalist Aaron Smeltzer of WYFF in Spartanburg were covering rainstorms in nearby Polk County, North Carolina yesterday when the accident occurred. The station said everyone there is grieving and thanked everyone for their comfort. The area is under flood watch from storms stemming from moisture pushed up from subtropical storm Alberto. 
Further west, lava continues to destroy more homes on Hawaii's Big Island. At least 51 houses have now been consumed since the Kilauea started erupting earlier this month. The lava flows now cover around four square miles. Explosions also continue at the summit, sending ash plumes thousands of feet into the air. Officials are warning people with respiratory issues to stay inside. A tragic story uh, in Tennessee where police say four people are dead in what they think is a murder-suicide. Investigators believe Sean Ganny shot his wife, her father, and her stepmother before turning the gun on himself. All four bodies were found inside a home in Murfreesboro on Monday. Rutherford County Sheriff Mike Fitzhugh says deputies were just called out to the house Friday because Ganny was having suicidal thoughts. He was taken to the hospital at the time, but Fitzhugh isn't sure what happened after that. A story I know you're getting ready to talk about, Mike, and that is the summit between President Trump and North Korea's leader will likely happen. That is a signal from the White House. In a readout of a phone call President Trump had with Japan's prime minister, the White House said they talked about Trump's, quote, expected meeting, end quote, with North Korea's Kim Jong-un. Last week, though, Trump abruptly canceled the summit scheduled for June 12th in Singapore. However, since then, there have been discussions with the North about reviving the meeting. Well, a lot of things changed after he made that announcement to cancel the summit. A lot of different things happened over the weekend, so we're going to talk about that next. All right. Well, finally, Starbucks, grab your coffee early because they're going to be closing more than 8,000 company-owned stores this afternoon for racial bias education. The training is meant to prevent discrimination to make sure everyone feels safe and welcome. Of course, this stems from the arrest of two black men at a Philadelphia store that sparked nationwide backlash. Nearly 175,000 Starbucks employees will learn about implicit bias, promoting conscious inclusion, and preventing discrimination. The training will become a part of the Starbucks hiring process and will be available for other companies to use. The good news is if you know of a Starbucks that's inside of like a hotel or an airport, those locations will not close. Oh, only the standalone stores. Yep. Found that out this morning. Interesting, too, that they're doing it this afternoon, not this morning. No, because they don't want to create war. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, when I when I visited New York City a couple weeks ago. There's literally one on every corner. So imagine all of those just New Yorkers, just New Yorkers, not able to get their Starbucks. Would you want to walk around the city streets? I was really wondering about that. I'm like, what is New York going to (laughs) do without Starbucks? Because Starbucks was everywhere. and all So many people had Starbucks cups in their hands. So interesting. They're like, well, we'll keep it open for the morning. Yeah, but the afternoon, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll close it for, you know, 60 seconds. (laughs) Because a lot of people go to Starbucks for that afternoon jolt of coffee to get you through the uh, post-lunch. Oh my God, I need a nap. Be interesting (laughs) when we find out tomorrow. Yes, we will. Or I could be doing breaking news later on today. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Crazed people running through the streets. WFLA News Time at 6.07. Another story I know you're getting ready to talk about, and it's Spygate. The conflicting, yeah, yeah, well, read about the FBI saying you need to reboot your router in order to stop Russia-linked malware. Yeah, well, you can get the story at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando with Yaffe starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Yes, a lot of different things happened over the weekend dealing with this summit with North Korea. 
We talked about it on Friday that Trump canceled the meeting, and now it seems like, anyway, that it's it's back on. So on again, off again. I don't know if I'm talking about a romantic comedy. <laughs> I was just or... about to say this. Is this a relationship? <laughs> yeah, or is it foreign policy? <laughs> so I think it's a little bit of both. I think Kim Jong-un, I think he was taken aback by the uh, president's letter. Oh, I, I I most certainly agree with that. I think both by the uh, the tone of friendship that I think that it had, as well as the, all right, well, if you want to play hard, hardball, we can play hardball as well. Yeah, I would agree. And so we're going to talk about that. We have Tom Benton producing as well today and Stephanie screening your calls at 407-916-5400. You can also text to 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. It's 608 here on Good Morning Orlando. So it seems like forever ago when Trump canceled the meeting with uh, North Korea, that was just last Thursday. (laughs) that that happened it seems like a lot longer ago but that was just last thursday we talked about it on friday morning show and it's been quite a journey trying to get this summit with north korea um yeah trump canceled the meeting last week actually here's a little bit of what trump had said when he canceled that meeting with kim jong-un based on the recent statement of north korea I have decided to terminate the planned summit in Singapore on June 12th. So he cancels it. That's pretty much it. We're thinking, oh, man, is this the end? No Nobel Peace Prize. Those coins that we ish- that they had issued about the summit. Well, I got to take those back. Can't have those out there. Well, it all changed pretty quickly, actually, right after Trump did this. I mean, the next day, Kim Jong-un travels to South Korea talks with the South Korean president. They have a meeting. They're trying to get everything back on board. The North Koreans come out then and they say, no, we still want a summit. Uh, Really interesting. And now when you listen to President Trump, this was Trump over the weekend as well. seems like maybe the meeting is back on. Here's Trump. I just want to mention uh, we're doing very well in terms of the summit with North Korea. Uh, Looks like it's... uh, Going along very well. Uh, there, As you know, there are meetings going on as we speak. A lot of people are working on it. It's uh, moving along very nicely. So we're looking at June 12th in Singapore. That hasn't changed. Uh, and it's moving along pretty well. All right. So, I mean, it's almost like the letter didn't happen. I mean, we all know it did happen, him sending the letter, canceling the meeting. But it's it seems like... From everything I'm reading, it's pretty much back on. And he's saying we're still looking at June 12th, so it's going to be pretty soon. Trump also tweeted this out over the weekend. He said, our United States team has arrived in North Korea to make arrangements for the summit between Kim Jong-un and myself. I truly believe North Korea has brilliant potential and will be a great economic and financial nation one day. Kim Jong-un agrees with me on this. It will happen, he says. So... It, a lot of things have changed. All of a sudden, North Korea was talking tough, threatening nuclear war again. Trump pulls out of the meeting, and now and now it's it looks like it's back on. Now, I had said last week, and Bud said pretty much the same thing, that I think Trump was playing the right tone here with North Korea, what he was doing. Um, pulling out like he did actually sent a message to North Korea, and I think it sent the right message to North Korea that we're not going to play these games. You know, if we're going to have a summit, if we're going to have a meeting, 
if we're going to have a deal, it needs to be a good deal. It needs to be a serious deal. And we need to really talk about denuclearization. And I think Trump, by, by saying, look, if North Korea is going to talk like they were talking, we're just going to get out. I, th- I think that's the right tone. I think there are a lot of presidents that we've had in the past that would not have had the guts to do what Trump did. I'm not the only one who was saying this. Senator Roy Blunt was on Fox News Sunday over the weekend, and he was pretty much saying the same thing about what Trump is doing here. I think uh, the president's got the North Koreans in a place that any other president might not have managed to get done. Uh, He's very willing to reach out in new directions uh, through the South Korean president, willing to meet with the North Korean president, but also willing to walk away. And I do think some things need to be decided before we have that meeting. There needs to be a strong understanding of what both sides, what all three sides, frankly, mean by denuclearization. So here's my question for you, if you're listening right now. This has been really the question of the weekend. One... Do you think the summit's going to actually happen? It's still not certain that this summit's going to actually happen. We're back on, but who knows what can happen in the next two weeks? Who knows what can happen in the next 24 hours, really? So do you think the summit's going to actually happen? And if it does, do you think we could actually get a good deal from the North Koreans that gets rid of nuclear weapons on that peninsula. 407-916-5400. You can text to 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. I'm going to give you my take on all of this and my thoughts on why this all happened to begin with. Why all of a sudden North Korea has gone back and forth on this. And um, basically, I think Bud was right in something he said uh, last week. So we'll talk about that. We have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. And this is Yaffe filling in for Bud. Bud will be back tomorrow. If you want to send me a friend request on Facebook, search Michael Yaffe, send me a friend request. I will accept it. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Beyond Reason R. So we've been talking about the the summit coming up with North Korea. President Trump, it seems all the indications are this morning that the summit is back on, that they are going to meet and probably meet on June 12th. And the big question that I saw everywhere over the weekend is, do you think the summit's still going to happen? I think there is a good chance the summit will happen. One thing I find interesting, though, is how did we get here? Why all of a sudden was there this 180 with North Korea where they were releasing prisoners, they were doing all this goodwill measures, talking with South Korea, talking to us. And then out of nowhere, they didn't show up to meetings with the U.S. to try to get this summit organized. A couple people in the North Korean regime were talking really tough, even threatening nuclear war again. It was like back to the old North Korea. Overnight, that's what caused President Trump to say, we're, we're out of this. And they were blaming it on Mike Pence and John you know, John Bolton. I don't think that's what it was. You know, Bud said something when all this started happening again. Bud said something that I think was very prescient, and I haven't heard a lot of people say this. He said he believed that there were some internal divisions in North Korea. 
that Kim Jong-un maybe wants a summit, probably really wants a summit. Maybe he's not as ideological as his father was. I tend to believe that. But there's still some hardliners in North Korea, in that country, who are like, no, we, we don't want this to happen. Kim, you're being too soft. We need to be tough against the U.S. again. And I think that's what caused a lot of it. Because I noticed, I don't know if you noticed this too, Tom Benson. I did. Where when the tough talk was happening mm-hmm. last week, mm-hmm. none of it was coming from Kim Jong-un himself. Right. You mentioned that. I found that very fascinating that you, it was other people doing it, but not Kim Jong-un. You could be sure that right now U.S. intelligence is looking at photographs of people around him. Who's missing? Yeah. Who's missing? Uh, <laughs> There's the culprits. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. That's a good point. And it's funny when Trump pulled out of the meeting last week, who was the one who immediately tried to get it back online and immediately went to South Korea to try to get this summit back online? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Kim Jong-un, who hadn't talked in a while, who had been kind of missing in action, comes out of nowhere, travels past the demilitarized zone, goes to South Korea, talks to the South Korean leaders there, and now the meeting is back on. I think Bud was on to something. I think there might be some internal, there's something going on here. Either it has to do with China was getting their nose in it and causing a mess, or there's internal divisions in that country that we just don't really know about. But I think there is something going on that we were not aware of that was causing this back and forth and causing North Korea to kind of back off. But the summit's back on, it seems like. I think the summit will happen. Many on the right and left, though, believe that if the summit happens, we're not going to be able to good, get a good deal out of it. I'm, I'm, so many commentators over the weekend were saying, ah, yeah, it's great. We will hope for the best, but we don't think anything's going to come out of this. I'm not sure, so sure I buy that either. I think something could come out of this. Well, a lot of pundits, uh, you know, if Trump is involved, they say it's not going <laughs> to succeed, and yeah, no matter what true. it is. Well, and I understand it to a point because... The, the history there is not mm-hmm. is not good for us. Mm-hmm. North Korea has played games with us before. Mm-hmm. But I think it is possible that we could get a good deal with them. The main reason why I think it's possible is because I, I don't think Kim Jong-un is as ideological as his father. You know, there are reports that Kim Jong-un keeps track of American media, likes a lot of American media, um... I think Kim Jong-un is sort of like Trump, where he he wants to be liked. He wants to be loved. And when he went to the Olympics, you know, when he sent his sister to the Olympics and the North Koreans went to the Olympics and they got all this praise from the world for being there, I think Kim Jong-un liked that. And I think if you play on that, if you get to the negotiating table and you play on that with North Korea and you say, hey, if you actually denuclearize your country, you could be loved by the rest of the world. I think there's a good chance that Kim Jong-un says, hmm, that does sound kind of good. But he has to deal with the internal divisions in his country, which is not easy to do. So we'll talk more about this later on in the show and take your calls as well. But first, we have... Deborah Roberts, who will join me in the studio at the bottom of the hour. She's going to talk about the latest with Alberto, the subtropical depression that it is now. 
And um, also, a man held in Venezuela prison for nearly two years is back home in Utah. Good story there. It's 629 here on Good Morning Orlando. So you don't get to say this too much, but there's actually some good news that happened over the weekend out of Venezuela. Yeah, absolutely. So you're going to be talking about that in just a second, but you also have to talk about, well... Hurricanes. Wah, wah. <laughs> it's that time, almost that time. Almost that time, but it's good news as well. It's oh, a okay. reminder that, you know, we have a, a, a sales tax free week coming up to get those supplies for hurricane season. I like that. I'm trying, Mike. I'm trying. <laughs> Put lipstick on a pig. Yep. Well, if you haven't stocked up for the hurricane season yet, you'll be glad to know that sometimes procrastination does indeed pay off. There's no sales tax next week on a variety of storm supplies in Florida. Everything from candles to portable generators and Chris Kaiser with the Outdoor Power Equipment Institute says they make a world of difference after a storm. The key is to be ready before the storm. Again, if you had a chainsaw and a generator and a water pump, whether you were in Florida or Houston last year, you were ahead of the game. Florida's one-week sales tax holiday for disaster preparedness begins on Friday. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A man held in a Venezuelan prison for nearly two years is finally back home in Utah. Josh Holt, his wife and their daughter, flew into Salt Lake City International Airport last night before he spoke to the crowd in his hometown of Riverton, Utah, after being welcomed home. It doesn't matter what faith you have. It doesn't matter what domination you have. But just to to stay strong to who you are inside. The Holtz weekend in Washington, D.C. included a trip to the White House and a visit to the hospital. The Holtz were greeted by a large crowd at the airport and then traveled to his hometown of Riverton for another welcome home event. Holt and his wife were arrested in Venezuela shortly after they married in 2016 and held for nearly two years without trial on charges of possessing assault weapons. Closer to home, a veteran who died in the Pulse nightclub shooting is being remembered for his service to his country. Orlando U.S. Army Specialist Joshua Pixomatis paid tribute yesterday at the nightclub to Captain Antonio Brown. Pixomatis left a photo of Brown and an American flag at the fence surrounding the club. Pixomatis didn't know Brown, but he tells the Orlando Sentinel Brown was a soldier from our community and he needs to be honored. And finally, President Trump is recognizing a young boy who lost his Marine father. While speaking at Arlington National Cemetery yesterday, Trump mentioned how we met young Christian Jacobs last Memorial Day while he was visiting his father's grave dressed in full uniform. The president said Jacobs approached him and asked Trump if he wanted to meet his father and then led him to his gravesite. Trump said he and the little boy paid their respects together, adding, quote, it was a moment I will always remember, end quote. Christian's father, Marine Sergeant Christopher Jacobs, was killed during training exercises in California in 2011. And you can get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando with Yaffe continues now with Gina Cervetti and the Bloomberg Business Report. Yes, we have Gina Cervetti reporting from New York City in the Bloomberg Newsroom this morning. Good morning, Gina. How are you? Good morning, Michael. I'm well. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. So what do the stock futures look like this morning? 
They look negative. Uh, investors are coming back from the holiday, of course, so it's a holiday-shortened trading week, and it looks like we're headed for a lower Wall Street open with the Dow futures down 181. That's not quite 1%. We have crude oil moving lower this morning, too. It's down 1.4%, just under $67 a barrel. Saudi Arabia and Russia have proposed boosting output, so investors are weighing that. And looking back at a week that saw a little bit of a gain for all of last week on Wall Street, three-tenths percent, the Bloomberg Orlando Index doing a little better at seven-tenths percent over the last week. And we have a busy week coming up this week for economic data. What's that about? Yeah, even though it's a shortened trading week, we'll start it today with a look at consumer confidence and a look at home prices. Then as we move through the week, we get first quarter economic growth. We get reports on personal income and spending. We have the big May jobs report on Friday, and we get earnings this week from some retailers, including Dick's Sporting Goods, Dollar General, Dollar Tree, and Costco. And big European conglomerate continues to snatch up restaurant brands? Yes, you may not have heard of J.A.B. Holding, but you've certainly heard and probably been to some of the things that they own. They already own Panera and Oban Pan, and now J.A.B. has agreed to buy a majority stake in the U.K.-based sandwich chain Pret-a-Manger. A lot of those in some of the bigger cities, uh, Chicago, New York City, has quite a few of those. They are owned right now by a private equity firm called Bridgeport Advisors. But for JAB, this again expands the for- portfolio that al- already included Panera and Oban Pan. And JAB also owns Pete's Coffee, Caribou Coffee, Stumptown. It owns Keurig Green Mountain, which not too long ago took control of Dr. Pepper Snapple. So you can see that this is a company that has yeah. a lot of familiar <laughs> brand names. Wow, I really had no idea. All right, Middle Eastern private equity firm is buying a property in Orlando. Mm-hmm. It's based in Bahrain. It's called InvestCorp Bank. They're boosting their U.S. real estate holdings, including local investments here, making purchases totaling $492 million nationally. And among the investments is Mercury 3100, a student housing property with more than 800 units right here in Orlando. And they never said they, or they said they would never do it. But now a huge diamond producer is going to make synthetic stones. What is causing them to do that? De Beers, they said they'd never sell synthetic diamonds, but they are about to do that. The world's biggest miner will start selling man-made stones for about $800 a carat. This is according to a memo that was sent to customers and obtained by Bloomberg. Now, De Beers has never sold man-made diamonds before, but they're very good at making them. The company's Element 6 unit is one of the world's leading companies for synthetic diamonds, which are mostly used for industrial purposes. Man-made gems make up just a fraction of the $800 billion global diamond market, but demand is growing as buyers look for cheaper stones. All right. Well, that's uh, the latest Bloomberg Business Report with Gina Cervetti, and we will talk to you again tomorrow, Gina. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks. So Spygate, as Trump calls it, A lot of competing narratives I noticed over the weekend dealing with this, and I want to try to kind of break through the noise and get to the bottom of it. And we will. We have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm telling you, there there, there could be riots in New York City with all the Starbucks closed. That was like just one of the big things I noticed when I was there, that there's Starbucks everywhere and 
everyone was carrying a Starbucks cup or drinking. It's it's, it's crazy. All right, on to some more important news. The Spy Games, it appears, continues. Ever since it was revealed that there was an FBI informant in the Trump campaign, who apparently is life on Republican Stefan A. Halper, President Trump has not backed down from his Spygate charge. He went on many tweet storms over the weekend. It would take me a half an hour just to go through, through them all. I mean, tweet after tweet after tweet talking about this. Now what he's doing is just quoting people that he agree, that agrees with him on this. Uh, very interesting stuff. And he's continuing to say this could be the biggest scandal since Watergate. In fact, remember when Trump initially brought up the term Spygate? This is some of what he said a few days ago. I mean, if you look at Clapper, he sort of admitted that they had spies in the campaign yesterday inadvertently. But I hope it's not true, but it looks like it is. A lot of bad things have happened. We now call it Spygate. You're calling it Spygate. So one thing I noticed over the weekend was many in the media, mostly on the left, but even some Republicans are out there saying Trump has no evidence of this. He has no evidence to back up his charges is what they're saying. There's no evidence of this. You know, I think I turned on Meet the Press and that was they had a whole report. Oh, Trump doesn't have any evidence that this is actually happening. Marco Rubio was uh, one of the Republicans who kind of went down this this road. He's trying to play the middle ground a little bit when you listen to this. But this is Rubio on ABC this week. I have seen no evidence that there that those people were part of an investigation on the campaign. If that exists, I would want to know about it. We should all know about it. And if that, that would be wrong, and we should, we should do something about it. But up to now, what I have seen is evidence that they were investigating individuals with a history of links to Russia that were concerning. And that was appropriate if that's all that happened. Okay, I just have to say, when I hear people say there's no evidence, I feel like it's a, just a little bit disingenuous, or maybe a lot disingenuous. Because the fact is... There was an FBI informant. That is evidence. Now, you have to look at the motives, and you can speculate on the motives of putting the FBI informant in there, but there was an FBI informant. So it's not like it's totally baseless, because we know from reports and the crossfire hurricane stuff and all of that, that there was an FBI informant. Not only that, but that informant was monitoring people in the campaign. The people he he was watching were a part of the campaign. So to say there's no evidence whatsoever, uh, no, there's some evidence there. Now, whether you want to call him an informant or a spy, you know, we get caught up in the language. I mean, he was spying. He was a spy. So the question is why he was spying. I want to expand on this a little bit more after the break. We have updates on our top stories every 10 minutes and news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. So we have basically two big competing narratives when it comes to quote-unquote spy gates. I noticed a lot of this over the weekend. You have one side, the Trump side, who is basically saying there is enough evidence now to suggest that the Obama administration 
politicized the FBI and used them to go against the Trump campaign, either to find out what the Trump campaign was doing or to ruin their campaign or as an insurance policy. So if Trump won, they would have something to possibly impeach him. That's one side. The other side is that when Trump says Spygate and he says all these accusations, there's no evidence whatsoever, even though the fact that there was an informant is evidence, in my opinion. I mean, imagine six months ago, if I came on the air and said there was an informant spying on the Trump campaign, everyone would have called me a conspiracy theorist, said I was nuts. Why would that happen? Now, all of a sudden, we know that that happened. Sometimes I'm going over the news like this, and I can't, I'm shocked that it's real, that we're actually saying that there was an FBI informant. Now, the other side, like I said, the left is saying, well, they had to do it because they were investigating whether Russia and what Russia was doing. And some some were saying it was even to protect Trump, to protect Trump against the Russians. Oh, if you wanted to protect Trump, why didn't you tell Trump? They didn't tell Trump that this was going on. It wasn't to protect Trump. So here's my thoughts on this. I am not willing to say yet, and I know Bud is, and maybe I'm naive, but I'm not willing to say yet that the FBI was doing this for political reasons. I need to see more evidence. One of the things that says maybe they weren't is if they were doing this for political reasons, why didn't they reveal this during the campaign to hurt Trump? Why would they wait till after Trump won? But it's possible. I will say that. That's why I'm kind of like both sides are going to go into extremes. I'm not there yet. Do I think the FBI did this for political reasons? I don't know. Do I think it's possible that they were politicized, the leadership in the FBI was politicized under Obama and did this to get after Trump, to ruin Trump eventually, or whatever, or to spy on Trump? Do I think that's possible? Yes, I do think it's possible. And here's why. This is the same Obama administration that used the IRS and politicized the IRS to go after conservative groups. The same Obama administration that politicized the IRS to go after conservative groups, if they are willing to do something like that, then I think it's totally possible that they could that the Obama administration could have worked with leadership of the FBI to spy on the Trump campaign. Now, Trump could just declassify all this. He's the president of the United States. Why doesn't he go through and declassify all this and reveal what's actually going on? So we have two competing narratives. And the main reason you have these competing narratives is because it's all speculation. Because we still don't know, one, everything Mueller has. And two, we don't know all of the evidence. It's really being hidden from public view. So you have people on both sides of the political aisle speculating. It's kind of frustrating. So do I know if the FBI did this for political reasons to spy on Trump? You put an informant in there. No. Do I think it's possible? Yes, of course. I think it's possible. It's 2018 president Trump or Trump is president. Anything is possible. 
And when you have the Obama administration that used other government agencies for political reasons, you can't tell me that they wouldn't do this. So it should be interesting to find out. But some say, well, Trump has no evidence of spying. What was the informant doing then? An informant is there to spy. (laughs) I mean, come on. We're getting caught up in the, the terminology. The New York Times had a headline. He was there to protect Trump. Not- yeah, I know. Whatever. <laughs> if, Like I said, if he was there to... Pro- he's not part of the Secret Service. If he was there to protect Trump, then he should have told Trump. They didn't inform Trump. So that's my thoughts on that. Deborah Roberts is going to join me here in just a second. She's going to talk about the fact that it's time to power up for the hurricane season. Oh, joy. And the hero in an Indiana school shooting speaks. It's 6.59 here on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. This is Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 102.5 WFLA. Filling in for Bud, this is Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, it's time to power up for the hurricane season. And the hero in an Indiana school shooting speaks. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. Well, I know we have a lot of listeners out there who probably shop at Publix on a weekly basis, a lot of I know a lot of you shop at Publix. Hey, it's where shopping is a pleasure. <laughs> what are you talking about? Did any did any of you out there see these anti-gun protesters on Friday? I mean, apparently they were effective and Publix has caved to them. We're going to talk about that. And good Tuesday morning at 7.03 on News Radio 102.5. Dennis Falcon of the National Hurricane Center in Miami says this weekend's weather should help prepare everyone for the season ahead. Uh, having something in late May is certainly not unusual at all. And it is a good reminder that the hurricane season is here. It only takes one storm hitting you to make it a bad year, no matter what any seasonal outlook says. So use this opportunity to get your plan in place. Hurricane season officially begins Friday, June 1st, which is also the first day of Florida's disaster preparedness sales tax holiday. No sales tax will be charged on qualifying items, which include flashlights, batteries, fuel containers, and portable generators. The sales tax holiday continues through next Thursday, June 7th. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The Indiana teacher who heroically helped during a school shooting is speaking publicly for the first time since the incident. My actions on that day, uh, in my mind, were the only acceptable actions I could have done given the circumstances. I deeply care for my students and their well-being, so that is why I did what I did that day. At a press briefing in Noblesville yesterday, science teacher and football coach Jason Seaman said he's proud of the community for its response to what happened. Seaman was shot three times as he tackled a male student who opened fire with a handgun Friday at Noblesville West Middle School. He said he's thinking about injured 13-year-old Ella Whistler, whose courage and strength he said is remarkable. Seaman thanked those at IU Methodist Hospital for their care during his surgery and recovery. He says the community has been very helpful in his recovery and how the community stands together in the face of pain and distress. Back here in the Sunshine State, a Florida-based supermarket chain is reevaluating its political donations after a mass anti-gun violence protest inside its stores. Demonstrators on Friday held so-called die-ins at public stores in response to the grocery store chain's donation of more than a half million dollars to the campaign of Republican candidate for governor Adam Putnam, a gun rights activist. 
Protesters laid on the floor to represent the victims of mass shootings. David Hogg, a survivor of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting, called for the protest and a boycott of the chain. Later in the day, the chain issued a statement that it was going to, quote, suspend corporate-funded political contributions as we reevaluate our giving process, end quote. Hogg said he wants more details before declaring the protests a success. Meanwhile, a South Florida police officer's idea of a joke could get him punished. Coconut Creek police officer Brian Valenti posted a comment on Facebook this weekend about those recent die-ins at Publix. Parkland school shooting survivor David Hogg organized the event, uh, again, because of the support for Adam Putnam's campaign for governor. Valenti's post indicated he wished someone would run over the protesters. Police Chief Butch Aronal uh, tells the Sun Sentinel he'll consider how to discipline Valenti after meeting with him. Think before you speak. Before you I post, mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, or post, which a lot of people don't do. I mean, I'm against the protesters, and I'm going to tell you why this half hour, but I would never suggest what that person <laughs> suggested. Especially when you're a police officer. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you're a police so, officer. So, I mean, when you're in a position like that, you need to think before you speak. Any position, think before you speak. Think before you post. Yeah. Reread it, walk away, come back a couple of minutes later, read it again. If it still hits you the same way, take your chances. There's almost a whole other topic there. Oh, yeah. About <laughs> social media and what it does. Yes, it does. And finally, a new video game has survivors of the Parkland school shooting outraged and disgusted. The game called Active Shooter allows the user to play the role of a school shooter. Ryan Petty lost his daughter in the shooting at Stoneman Douglas High School, and he can't understand why a company would want to profit from a game like this. The game is due out next month, and Petty has asked the company not to release it. So much for the argument as to whether or not uh, video game violence contributes to real-world violence. I'm surprised it's illegal to release that. I am too. Wow. WFLA News Time at 7.07. A watch video of a woman punched by New Jersey cops. The police chief calls it alarming. See it for yourself at 1025WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando with Yaffe starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. So, uh, public basically his cave to David Hogg and the anti-gun protesters. What kind of precedent does this set for the future, especially with businesses and politics in this country? We're going to talk about that. We have Tom Benton producing today. Stephanie screening your calls at 407-916-5400. You can text to 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. I'm Yaffe filling in for Bud here at the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. It is 708 here on Good Morning Orlando. And this is Yaffe filling in for Bud. Bud will be back tomorrow. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Beyond Reason R. Follow me at Beyond Reason R. Send me a firm request on Facebook. I will accept it. So it appears that Parkland student and anti-gun activist David Hogg has won his battle against Publix. This is something, this is a big topic for us last week on the show. Didn't know how Publix was going to respond at that time. But it looks like Publix has responded. Um, we told you about the f- the boycott last week, which was on Friday. The boycott and die-in 
If you don't know what a die-in is, that's where a bunch of protesters basically lay on the floor and act like they're dead. Um, that was being organized against Publix. Now, I did not go to Publix on Friday. Uh, if anyone out there went to a Publix and saw some protesters, tell me what happened. 407 916 5400. You can text to 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. I mean, there's a Publix almost on every corner around here. I don't know if there were protesters at every Publix or if there were just a couple of Publixes that really got most of the attention. I I honestly just don't know. Um, They were doing this, if you don't remember, the protesters, because Publix donated money to the political campaign of Adam Putnam, who has been a self-subscribed NRA supporter and once said he is an NRA sellout. So David Hogg obviously didn't like that. But it appears Publix caved to David Hogg his bullying campaign, that's what I'm calling it, it's a bullying campaign. That's exactly what David Hogg was doing. This is according to the Orlando Sentinel. This is how Publix responded. Publix has suspended making political contributions in the wake of mounting pressure over its support of Adam Putnam, a Republican candidate for governor who strongly backs the National Rifle Association. We would never knowingly disappoint our customers or the communities we serve That's what a company spokesman, Dwayne Stevens, said in a statement on Friday. As a result, we decided earlier this week to suspend corporate-funded political contributions as we reevaluate our giving processes. The announcement came shortly before dying protests organized by David Hogg. At the Orlando Publix on Colonial Drive, about 25 protesters lay in an aisle with signs blocking customers from shopping for about 15 minutes, They got up and chanted, boycott Publix. Store managers diverted shoppers around the protest and fetched grocery items for them. Publix employees did not interfere, and there were no police either. A handful of customers stood to watch, but most went on shopping, as they should have. Sure. Support Publix. Yeah. So, and this is also according to CBS News. The Publix spokesperson said this. Um, we regret that some of our political contributions have led to an unintentional customer divide instead of our desire to support a growing economy in Florida. As a result of this situation, we are evaluating our process to ensure that our giving better reflects our intended desire to support a strong economy and a healthy community. I also saw a report where Mr. Hogg now wants uh, Publix to make a contribution to the Survivors Fund at, oh, really? at Parkland. Okay, uh, I mean, they have done a lot. Sounds a little bit like a Jesse Jackson uh, shakedown to me, but you know, well, he, they're he, they're they're, ex, they're exercising their First Amendment rights to to uh, you know protest. I mean, nobody's nobody's saying they don't have a right to protest. But Publix, I'm definitely not saying they don't have a right to right. protest. And Publix also has a right to make contributions to whomever they wish. Exactly right. See, I think this sets a bad precedent for for politics in this country, for the future of politics in this country. Because what David Hogg was doing, and you can agree or disagree, give me a call, was organizing a bullying campaign, plain and simple. That's what it was. He's not debating you in the realm of ideas. He's trying to make it uncomfortable for publics, trying to interrupt their business so he can get his way. Because, well, they did something that he might disagree with, so we're going to bully them into submission. Do you think this was a bullying campaign? 
916-5400. Text to 23680. I do think, though, that this could backfire on people like David Hogg. I think this sets a bad precedent for the future, but I think it could backfire as well. And I'm going to tell you why I think that, and we're going to update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So uh, one person texting in, you can text at 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. One person says that the bullying protesters also don't have the right to lay down and block a business from doing business which is preventing them from enjoying their rights to have business. I, th- I mean, I, that's exactly right. These protesters could have easily been arrested for doing what they were doing in the business, but they know that it would just make publics look bad if they did that and give the protesters you know, more say, more credibility, even though they don't deserve it. So that's why publics would never arrest them. But I think, you're ex- I think that texture is exactly right on that. Um, let's take a call here. Let's go to Michael in Windermere. Michael, what's your take on all this? Hey, well, my thought is if David Hogg can get them to stop doing what they're doing, you know, by having some people lay down their stores, what if all the people who support what they're doing all shop the public, public on one day and showed public what they gain from all of those customers? Wait, say that, say that again. Say the last part again. If all this, if everybody who, you know, who supports what Publix has been doing, right, all shopped at Publix on the same day, right. Show, how much did they gain? Publix, right, yeah, to show Publix how much business they actually get from those that, that support them, instead of you know what they're losing from the few that decide to lay down in the store, like yeah, children. I mean that that's a good point, but it looks like Publix decided that they caved. They decided that this was just going to hurt them too much. They don't want the. I mean, really, they just don't want the attention. They don't want any kind of attention like this. I think, right. but but I think I I think you're exactly right. We have one texter here who says this, and I think makes a really good point. It says, "I wish I knew where to search public records to find every business who has been donating money to the DNC, Democratic National Committee. That way, we can schedule die-ins at every single one of them and do the exact same thing and see if the press treats our First Amendment rights the same." way and this was the point that i wanted to make and the texture is right on this could really backfire on the likes of david hogg and the left and this is why because what's going to start happening is people on the right are going to get sick of this and they're going to start fighting back and they're going to fight fire with fire and there are a lot of companies out there that you probably shop at that i probably shop at that donate money to, say, Planned Parenthood. So what's going to happen is you're going to start having conservative groups have die-ins at those places of business because, well, abortion, in my opinion, is murder. And these people think it is murder. So they're going to have die-ins against abortion at all these businesses out there. There's many around here, I'm sure, that support Planned Parenthood. See, this is why this is such a bad precedent, because instead of debating politics in the realm of ideas, actually debating the policies, what we're going to start doing in this country and what's already been happening a lot, I've noticed, is we're just going to start bullying each other. We're going to start having protests and interrupting businesses and stuff like that. 
and people were just going to be afraid to do anything. And it's a, it's a, it's a bad precedent and the right's going to start fighting back. Now, one of the good things that might come out of it is maybe a lot of companies will just stay out of politics. I don't know if that, I mean, they have a right to donate to who they want to, but maybe a lot of them will stay out of politics, but I don't really see, I don't really see that happening. But I think, I think David Hogg, exactly what he was doing is he was um, bullying them. And another bad precedent that this could set is you could start seeing a real divide in this country, a real divide on politics where conservatives only go to businesses that support conservative causes and liberals only go to businesses that support liberal causes. And we're going to be divided even more, not just in the realm of politics, not just on social media, but where we shop. Is that really what we want for the future of this country? It's not a future I want. But David Hogg has set this precedent, and Publix, by caving, has given in to the precedent. All right, Deborah Roberts is going to join me in the studio in just a sec. She's got to talk about hurricane season, which is coming up very soon. It's 729 on Good Morning Orlando. Well, it's radio. <laughs> It is. So you can't see what I'm seeing right now. But um, Deb's going to talk about um, some breaking news in a sec. Uh, hurricane season is coming up. We have Alberto, which is now a tropical or subtropical depression. Yeah, let me put the kitten back in my shirt. <laughs> but <laughs> Deb walks into the studio just a second ago and says, I am not responsible for any background noise because she has a little kitten in her, <laughs> her jacket right now. <laughs> That cat can't be more than a couple months old. He's really young. I, I mean, maybe just a few weeks. He was crying at everybody yesterday coming into work. He was so hungry. So, yeah, so the story is that there was a stray, really young stray kitten that Deb has decided is uh, is hers now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, not a cat person. This will be my very ever, my first ever foray into into having a cat. Well, let me know if you want any advice oh. as the official cat person of the show. You will be getting a midnight <laughs> phone call, I'm sure. <laughs> I can guarantee it. <laughs> That's amazing, though, for a stray cat. He's really taken to you. Well, he's... nothing like free food. <laughs> yeah, I man, found that'll... free food and free money. That'll do it. Yeah. That'll do it. All right, maybe we should get to the news now. What do you okay. think? Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll let the kitten take a nap. <laughs> well, you know, Floridians were always being told to prepare for hurricane season ahead of time, but you might save some money by waiting until the first day of the season, actually. That's Friday, which is also the first day of Florida's disaster preparedness sales tax holiday. No sales tax will be charged on qualifying items like uh, flashlights, batteries, fuel containers, and portable generators. The sales tax holiday will continue through next Thursday, June 7th, and you can find a complete list of tax-exempt items at floridarevenue.com slash disaster prep. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. I just know for all the health benefits in the world, the latest superfood craze may be cockroach milk. I I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know cockroaches had milk. I was about to Let's say. Let's just go back milk. to the basics. I did not Ew. know that. All Researchers right. in India say Pacific beetle cockroaches, specifically, are made up of milk crystals that have a number of health benefits. The milk is non-dairy and reportedly tastes like a cow's milk, but is said to carry four times as much protein. 
Pacific beetle cockroaches can be found in Hawaii as well as a few foreign countries. The insect's milk was first introduced in a 2016 study but is resurfacing because of new research from the Institute for Stem Cell Biology and Regenerative Medicine in India. What do you I, think of that on your cornflakes? I, d- <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder, though, if it's one of those things where if you didn't tell someone it was cockroach milk, if you just said it was milk, if you would notice, if you would That's be grossed true. out or if you wouldn't even notice. That's true, because if it tastes like cow's milk, how would you not know any different? Yeah, it'd be an interesting experiment to tell people after they tried it. I was going to say, anybody who's friends with Mike Yaffe, if he invites you over for milkshakes, <laughs> don't have <Yeah>. one. <laughs> have a glass of milk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's give it to the kitten, see what the kitten thinks. All right, well, this is interesting. A new study is finding that dinosaurs apparently had dandruff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Didn't have enough head and shoulders. I guess not. <laughs> I guess not. The study published in Nature Communications has revealed that dinosaurs shed their skin in small bits rather than in large chunks like most present-day reptiles yeah. do. While studying the fossilized feathers of the dinosaurs, scientists mm. found tiny white blobs, which they later confirmed to be dandruff. The experts said the skin flakes were identical to those shed by modern-day animals, including humans. Interesting. I mean, they seem to find more and more evidence that dinosaurs are more like birds than reptiles, yeah. it seems like. Yeah, that is exactly what they're Although finding out. this makes out. them more like mammals, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> With the same age-old problem, those little <laughs> yeah. white blobs. All right, get this before we go. A 595-square-foot... Southern California cottage with one bedroom and one bathroom is on the market. Guess for how much? Um, a million dollars. Just under one million dollars. Wow. The Orange County I Register. I was trying to guess really high. <laughs> I know. You'd think. The tiny abode in Tony Laguna Beach dropped to $998,000 earlier this month after being listed oh, okay. for Yeah, so it's a, it's a bargain oh, price. Oh, yeah, now it's a bargain. Well, it had been listed for $1.15 million last Jeez. year. It was built in 1941 and is about five blocks from the Pacific Ocean. The listing agent tells the newspaper it's been in the same family for nearly 50 years. So why why is it so expensive? You know, I don't know. Says most buyers would want to modernize it to a degree, but even if the city allowed it to be torn down, it probably couldn't be rebuilt with the current footprint due to many code changes. But 595 square feet, don't worry about it. So have you told a... Uh... You nope. told Chris about the, <laughs> what's coming home today, I the cat. I told him yesterday if I can catch the kitten, I'm bringing the kitten home. <laughs> well, it's coming home. I don't know if Chris <laughs> is listening, but you have a new member of your family. Yes, we do. <laughs> All right, I'm going to have to pet the cat in the break. Okay. <laughs> uh, next, we have sound. Stephanie is shaking her head at me in there. She's just not a cat person. Oh, she She's would gonna... be if she held the kitten. Oh, look, Steph. Oh, look, Stephanie. So look though. at the kitten. Oh, I I don't know. My parents just got a Siberian Husky this weekend. Oh, a little those, puppy. Oh, those are such months old. beautiful dogs. I'm just a puppy person. I'm a puppy person, too, but I'm about mm-hmm. to bring you in some kitten I'm, love. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm converting Deb into a cat person. Oh, right. oh, oh. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right, God, we weren't kidding. There's really a cat in here. There's really a cat in my um, shirt. <laughs> Um, okay, next uh, we have some fun and games. We have Sound Judgment if you want to uh, win the Trump Policy board game. And if you have a cat, you can play Trump Policy, and then the cat will get in the middle of it and knock over all the pieces. It'll just be lots of fun. But if you want to win the Trump Policy board game, you can uh, call right now, 407 407- 407 
916-5400-407-916-5400 for your chance to win Sound Judgment. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So we still have some open lines for Sound Judgment if you want to call right now. 407-916-5400 for your chance to win a great prize. And Steph is going to tell you what you can win today. That's right, Yappy. So today, our winner gets their very own copy of the brand new Trump Policy Board Game. Play Trump Policy with your family, play it with your friends, and very soon you'll know whether they are your friends. Trump Policy gives everyone a chance to voice their opinion on key issues of the day and stand up for the kind of America they want. All right, so 407-916-5400 for your chance to win that Trump Policy Board Game. Should be a lot of fun. So, LeBron James is back in the NBA Finals again. With his Game 7 win over the Boston Celtics a couple of days ago, he will be facing, once again, the Golden State Warriors. The NBA is rigged. I'm starting to think it's rigged. Tired of the same teams every year. So LeBron is facing the Warriors for the championship. I want you to listen to LeBron talk about his latest victory Then use your sound judgment to tell me how many consecutive finals, including this one, how many consecutive finals has LeBron played in? Here's LeBron. I mean, it's just a a great atmosphere tonight to be a part of that. Um, You know, be a part of another game seven, you know, on the road. And, um, you know, those are things, like I said, when you're done playing a game that you can only dream and wish that you could be a part of that once again. So, um, haven't really processed the fact that, you know, going back to another finals yet. Calm down, LeBron. Calm down. You're just so excited. <laughs> 4-7-9-1-6-50-400. How many consecutive finals will this be for LeBron James? It's actually quite an amazing thing when you really think about it. Let's go to line two. Line two, how many consecutive finals will this be for LeBron? I, I think this makes eight. That's right. That is exactly right. Eight in a row. I mean, I'm not the biggest LeBron fan, but that's pretty incredible to think about. It is very impressive. Yeah. All right. So uh, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Mark, and I'm calling from the 408 Expressway right now. Oh, nice. Nice. All right. So you're going to win the Trump policy board game. You excited about that? Yeah. Thank you very much. All right, well, I'll put you on hold. Stephanie will tell you how you can get that prize, and congratulations on that. So, I'm telling you, the NBA's rigged. I I don't know what it is. I can't believe it's the Warriors and the Cavaliers again in the NBA Finals. This This was quite a playoff season. I haven't kept, I don't get a chance to keep up with sports as much as I would like to, but I kept up a little bit with the playoffs. There were so many times where it seemed like, LeBron was not going to make it this year. And everyone's like, oh, he's going to leave Cleveland because he's not going to make it, yada, yada, yada. But he's back in the NBA Finals. So we'll see what happens. I don't, I don't really know who to cheer for. I, I'm getting tired of both teams. And plus, I'm a Magic fan, so I'm sour on basketball. <laughs> anyway, even though I hear Orlando, we're a soccer city now is what I keep hearing. Is that basketball's out, soccer is in. We don't know how good the soccer team is or anything. Everybody but. loves a winner. <laughs> All right. Um, we have the Rush Morning Update in Orlando's news weather and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA.
why are we doing this? <laughs> what? Yeah. Our audience is like, wait, did I sleep for six months straight? <laughs> That's about it. No, there, there's, there's method to this madness. It was back on this date in 1942 that Bing Crosby, backed by the Ken Darby Singers and the John Scott Trot- Trotter Orchestra, recorded Irving Berlin's White Christmas. Now, if this sounds a little bit different than what we normally hear yeah. at uh, during the holidays, it's because... It was re-recorded in 1947, and what we just played here was the original version from 1942. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know they re-recorded it. So so most of the time we hear the re-recorded version. Correct. Right. Interesting. So why did they record it in the summer? I guess so it would be released in... You know, movies are made, uh, Christmas movies are made in the, in the yeah. summer. You know, you got to do it ahead of time. I know that was a really popular song because we were at war at the time yeah and it was released and it you know kind of brought home a lot of the soldiers were able to listen to sure. it so they were able to kind of think about being back home with a white christmas and i'll be home for christmas is another one that yeah. was recorded during ww2 mm-hmm. right so very very interesting stuff uh, the history with tom benson so um, over the weekend, I hope everyone had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I hope you took time to remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for our country. I hope many of you were also able to join Bud, who um, always always does the emceeing at the Glenhaven Park ceremony that they do. Uh, one thing I did get to do over the weekend is I, f- I did see the new Star Wars movie, the new solo Star Wars story movie. It's not doing as well as they would have liked in the box office, although our theater was crowded. Um, honestly, though, I thought it was good. I mean, some of the reviews I've watched were kind of like, ah, uh, sort of negative, sort of positive. I know some people out there are not Star Wars fans, so they could care less. But, I mean, my personal movie reviews, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. It a lot of action, good story, good acting. I mean, I don't know. The critics see the movies for free. The paying public has to <laughs> shell out ten bucks. Yeah, that's true. Just well, to walk I have, in. I have Movie Pass though, which is just ah. ten dollars a month. Yeah, and you get to see one movie a day. You can only see they changed it though. You can only see one movie. Like I cannot see Star Wars movie again. I can only see it once. They ah. they like kind of changed their rules. You see each movie just once, right? But mm. you can see it. You know, you know, once a day. Um, but Movie Pass is. Going through a lot of cash, so a lot of people are not sure if it's going to last too much longer. So I have to like take advantage of it as much as possible. But I'd recommend go seeing Star Solo movie. I thought it was good. I mean, the guy is not Harrison Ford. That's the biggest problem. He did a really good job considering, but there's still a part of you is like, okay, he's good, but he's not. He's not Harrison Ford. There's just Harrison Ford's hair. He's irreplaceable. So um, the real McCoy. Yeah, exactly right. So, but I, I'd say go see it. All right, Deborah Roberts and uh, her kitten <laughs> have haven't come me up in with the a name yet. So, if there's any listeners who would uh, <laughs> like to weigh in on the name for the kitten, yeah, Deb found a stray kitten can't be more than a few weeks old, and this kitten has just totally taken to Deb. So Deb's gonna take take him home and 
Very interesting. <laughs> it's just interesting <laughs> watching a little kitten stare at me in the studio. All right, it's 7.59. Good morning, Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. It is Tuesday here on the 50,000-watt front porch where we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Filling in for Bud, this is Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, it's time to power up for the hurricane season and saving seniors some money with the Senior Safe Act. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. So the summit with Kim Jong-un is back on, I think, with him and President Trump. A lot happened over the weekend, and we'll talk about that next. Good Tuesday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 102.5. The holiday weekend featured our first bout of tropical weather, and Dennis Falcon of the National Hurricane Center says that's nothing new. We've had the main storms and depressions and everything practically every month outside of the hurricane season. The bulk of those, of course, in May. And it's, you know, we're coming up on June 1st. It's not like nature says, okay, we'll throw a switch and nothing happens before then. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, June 1st is the official start of the hurricane season and forecasters are expecting normal activity this year with 10 to 16 named storms. There's also a one-week sales tax holiday in Florida for disaster prep. And you can save money on flashlights, batteries, tarps, radios, and generators. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. And while our holiday may not have been a washout thanks to tropical storm, subtropical storm Alberto. Two television journalists from South Carolina are dead after a tree fell on their SUV. Anchor Mike McCormick and photojournalist Aaron Smeltzer of WYFF in Spartanburg were covering rainstorms in nearby Polk County, North Carolina yesterday when the accident happened. The station said everyone there is grieving and also thanked everyone for their comfort and support. The area was under a flood watch from storms stemming from moisture pushed up from subtropical storm Alberto. Further west, eruptions from Hawaii's Kilauea volcano are so large, astronauts can see them from space. NASA and the European Space Agency released stunning pictures from space of the lava flow from Kilauea's latest activity. The nighttime photo not only shows Kilauea, but viewers can also see lava spewing from the volcano. The volcano rumbled back to life late last month and has since displaced hundreds of residents and businesses on Hawaii's Big Island. The U.S. House has passed legislation called the Senior Safe Act, which is aimed at helping protect seniors from financial exploitation. One Florida financial advisor who helped lobby for this says it's going to help a great deal, especially here in the Sunshine State. They have a lot of seniors, and unfortunately they get taken advantage of to the tune of you know, billions of dollars. So this act was designed to help kind of prevent that and, and mitigate some of those issues that caused our seniors to, to lose some money. Yeah, that's John Peacock with the Pensacola office of Edward Jones. Every year he heads up to Washington as part of a lobbying effort. In local news, police in Central Florida say a Little Caesars employee shot and killed a man in a clown mask. The employee was closing up shop at a Little Caesars restaurant Saturday night in Holly Hill. As he was exiting the pizza shop from the back door, a man in a scary clown mask jumped him with a wooden post. The post reportedly broke over the man's back, and then the attacker tried to stab the employee with scissors. That's when the victim pulled out his concealed gun and fired four or five shots at the masked suspect. The suspect was taken to the hospital, where he was later pronounced dead. And finally, grab that coffee early, because Starbucks is closing more than 8,000 company-owned stores this afternoon for racial bias education. The training is meant to prevent discrimination to make sure everyone feels safe and welcome. This stems from the arrests of two black men at a Philadelphia store that sparked nationwide backlash. 
Nearly 175,000 Starbucks employees will learn about implicit bias, promoting conscious inclusion and preventing discrimination. The training will become part of the Starbucks hiring process and will be available for other companies to use. And just a heads up, it's only standalone stores. So if you know of a Starbucks in a hotel or at an airport, those will remain open this afternoon. That's good. WFLA News Time, it's 8.07. <laughs> Read about the FBI saying you need to reboot your router to stop Russian-linked malware. Get the details at 1025wfla.com. The Russians are everywhere, Yeah, it seems they are. Like. Uh, Ruskies. <laughs> the third hour of Good Morning Orlando with Yaffe starts now. <laughs> Weather, traffic, this is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. And this is Yaffe filling in for Bud. We have Tom Benson producing. Stephanie screening your calls at 407-916-5400. Deb in the studio with the cat that she has not named yet. No, but I want to thank the listener who just texted in to 23680 that I should name my new kitten Catty McCatface. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it lives I on, Mike Yaffe. Second vote for that. Catty McCatface. <laughs> I'm impressed, though. You have She found this kitten here outside the studio and fed it yesterday because she's an animal lover and now caught it and is taking it home. Yep. It's just like laying in her jacket right now. And you did the whole newscast, you know, still very professional with a cat. Thank you. As I was petting the kitten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, no outfit is complete unless it comes with a kitten. <laughs> I guess not. And this is a new experience for Deb because you're I'm a dog a, person. I have always been a dog person. I've never once shared my life with a cat, but this little guy is just too young. And he was crying at everyone yesterday who came in the Aww. building. He was so hungry. Yeah. And he's just a little itty bitty baby. And so that, I couldn't leave well, him I out mean, there. I mean, you know, I, we we say that. You're adopting him, but it looks like he's adopted you. I pretty because he's definitely taken to you. Yeah, he is. He's found that nice little layer of fat, and he's just curled right up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I appreciate you all joining me this morning. Yeah, some more. Keep the suggestions coming for the uh, name, even though you know Mike Yaffe's very excited about yeah, Caddy McCatface. That, that's the name that will be the cat's name from <laughs> to me forever. <laughs> so there's some more important news we oh, have. Oh, um, okay. Well, I don't know if it's more important. It's very important. <laughs> but we have um, we have the summit coming up with North Korea, or do we? It seems to have been a lot of back and forth. As we said in the 6 o'clock hour, it sounds like a bad romantic comedy or something. So we're going to talk about that in Everlanda's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So it has been quite a journey up the summit you know, if you think of the summit like a mountain and the top is the meeting between Trump and Kim Jong-un, it's been quite a journey trying to get there. Hopefully when they do get there, we get a good deal and not, you know, a volcano at this summit. I mean, I mean, we'll see. But yeah, there's been a lot of talk over the weekend. I mean, it was just on Friday's show that Bud behind the microphone and me were talking about how Trump was pulling out of the meeting. He had wrote a letter to Kim Jong-un talking about that their words that were coming out of North Korea were just not productive, and he's pulling out of the meeting. He was getting out. In fact, here is later on that day, Thursday, um, he held a press conference where he talked about why he's pulling out. Here's some of what Trump said. Based on the recent statement of North Korea, 
I have decided to terminate the planned summit in Singapore on June 12th. So he cancels the meeting. There it is. He says it. And then almost immediately after that, things in North Korea kind of change. Kim Jong-un, the dictator over there, decides he's going to South Korea. He has a meeting with the South Korean leaders there, trying to get the meeting back online. Other North Korean officials put out statements that they still want a meeting to take place. It seems like Trump actually made some smart moves here by pulling out like he did. It got North Korea to shut up with their they're all of a sudden harsh talk and say, oh, no, 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 we, we still want a meeting. And then over the weekend, because it still hasn't been absolutely confirmed that the meeting is back on, but all the indications I've seen this morning and all the indication I've seen over the weekend is that the meeting's going to take place and it's probably going to take place on June 12th. In fact, here is Trump talking about that over the weekend. I just want to mention uh, we're doing very well in terms of the summit with North Korea. Uh, looks like it's uh, going along very well. Uh, there, As you know, there are meetings going on as we speak. A lot of people are working on it. It's uh, moving along very nicely. So we're looking at June 12th in Singapore. That hasn't changed. Uh, and it's moving along pretty well. And Trump tweeted out over the weekend as well. He said, our United States team has arrived in North Korea to make arrangements for the summit between Kim Jong-un and myself. I truly believe North Korea has brilliant potential and will be a great economic and financial nation one day. Kim Jong-un agrees with me on this. It will happen. He also tweeted out this morning. He said, we have put a great team together for our talks with North Korea. Meetings are currently taking place concerning summit and more. Kim Jong-chol, the vice chairman of North Korea, heading now to New York. Solid response to my letter. Thank you. So it seems all the indications are that this meeting is going to take place. And like Trump said, it could take place on June 12th. A lot could still happen between now and then. But my question for you is, if you're listening, do you think the meeting's going to happen? Even a lot on the left think that the meeting's probably going to happen. But then the second question, and maybe the more important question, do you think we'll get a good deal out of the summit? Or will it be just, you know, a photo op, everyone goes home, nothing seems to change? Or do you think Trump will be duped? Or do you think Trump will walk out? I'm curious what your take is on this. So you can call 407-916-5400. You can text to 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. I'm going to give you my take on all of this. And I will play uh, one Republican who gives Trump a lot of credit for what's going on with North Korea. It's 819 here on Good Morning Orlando. So I asked for callers and texters to ask you, do you think the summit is going to happen? And if it does, do you think we'll get a good deal out of it? Um, A couple of people texted yes, that the summit will happen. And yes, we will get a good deal because Trump is at the table. One person texted this, though, said um, this is going to be a long term effort. Look how many years after Nixon's meeting with Mao, it took to normalize relations with China. That's a good point to say we're just going to have it a fix all in one meeting is probably not going to happen. But we still want to get something of a good deal or something that shows that we're on the process towards denuclearization. Now, I think that President Trump has had the exact right tone when it comes to North Korea. He's been tough on North Korea when he's needed to be tough on them. 
but he's also been willing to um, negotiate with them, talk with them, try to talk peace with them when he can. But when the North Koreans, they start to get a little crazy, he's saying, look, you can't, you can't do that. You can't out tough me. I'm Trump. So he talks tough again. So, uh, some Republicans are actually giving credit to Trump for what's going on with North Korea, including Senator Marco Rubio, who's not always very positive about Trump, but he was on ABC this week on Sunday. And this is what he said about the negotiations. I think President Trump is trying to figure out how to get this guy to a negotiating table so they can negotiate. And, it, and, and I think his strategy, by and large, has unbalanced it basically left the North Koreans off balance. They are usually the ones that are out there doing this sort of dramatic action and, and you know, this sort of unpredictable action to set everybody off. The president has given him a taste of his own medicine. You know, it's a style we've never seen in a presidency before, but it seems to have at least, you know, knocked them off of balance. I, I can imagine that they, for all these years, North Korea has been used to dealing with traditional politicians. I give the president credit for that. All right, so he's basically given giving Trump credit, saying, you know, most presidents would have been typical politicians. They would have tried to do the typical typical diplomatic meetings, and that was not working. Trump decided to be a little different, to be unorthodox, to be tough when he had to, but also willing to negotiate as well. And it seems like that it's working, that we might be making progress. This is one of the reasons why a lot of people voted for Trump, because they wanted him to shake things up. They wanted him to be different. They got sick of politics as usual and maybe maybe it's working i think trump does deserve a lot of credit for that now in terms of if there is going to be a summit i think there will be i think most likely it will happen on june 12th both sides have interests in making this happen trump obviously has interests and so does north korea now some people think that even if the summit does happen that we won't be able to get a good deal out of it. In fact, most of the media commentators I saw over the weekend were not very optimistic about us actually getting a good deal from Kim Jong-un. And that's understandable. They've played us for, for decades. They have played the United States, and we've hasn't worked. They eventually got nuclear weapons, even though we tried to make deals with them before. What would change now? I am a little more optimistic than they are for some reason. Not necessarily just because of Trump, but because I think Kim Jong-un might be different than his father. I don't know if he's as ideologically um, committed as maybe his father or grandfather were. I think he just wants to be loved. I think he just wants to be liked. He likes the attention. You know, he loved all the attention that North Korea was getting from the Olympics. He loves all the attention he gets when he goes to South Korea. If we can use that at the negotiating table where we're saying, look, you will be a loved figure in history, possibly, if you denuclearize your country. And that might that might work. The problem is, though, there are a lot of internal divisions in North Korea. I think that's why there's been so many shifts between North Korea's rhetoric one day to the next. There was a report out last week in the Washington Post that Kim Jong-un was afraid that when he goes to Singapore for the summit, that there might be a coup to oust him in North Korea while he is gone. 
that shows that there is probably a lot of internal division in North Korea, which makes things a little more complicated. So even if Kim Jong-un wants to make peace with the U.S. and South Korea, wants to get rid of his nukes, it's not that easy. He'll have to be protected somehow, and we'll have to verify it. But the internal divisions there, it's not being talked about as much as some of the other stuff, but I think it's a real issue. Because I think if we were just talking with Kim Jong-un, we could probably get something done. But there's still some hardliners in those in that country that's making it kind of difficult. So that's my take on that. Deborah Roberts is going to have more on that at the bottom of the hour. She's also going to talk about hurricane season. And Joey Chestnut wins a shrimp eating championship. I had some shrimp yesterday. I like shrimp. It's 830 on Good Morning Orlando. Good Tuesday morning here on uh, Good Morning Orlando. I'm Yaffe filling in for Bud. Deborah Roberts is here next to me. She's going to talk about, well, hurricane season because it's just a few days away, just a couple days away, even though we already kind of had a tropical system. They call it a subtropical yeah, exactly. system, but um, that was a that was a warning for us, I think. That was a warning shot off the bow. Yeah, exactly. Prepare now. <laughs> yeah. And the good news is if you haven't stocked up for the hurricane season yet, you'll be glad to know sometimes procrastination pays off. There's going to be no sales tax next week on a variety of storm supplies in Florida that ranges from everything from candles to portable generators. And Chris Kaiser with the Outdoor Power Equipment Institute, did not know they had one, says they make a world of difference after a storm. The key is to be ready before the storm. Again, if you had a chainsaw and a generator and a water pump, whether you were in Florida or Houston last year, you were ahead of the game. Yeah, and you had a lot of friends and neighbors (laughs) wanting to borrow those things. Florida's one-week sales tax holiday for disaster preparedness begins on Friday, the same day as the hurricane season begins. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. No surprise here. Joey Chestnut has another eating contest award to his credit. The San Pedro Fish Market World Famous Shrimp Eating Championship was held Monday on the USS Iowa near Long Beach, California. Now, I wonder what kind of shrimp it was. Sorry, I like shrimp. Well, you know, it's interesting. They were large shrimp. Doesn't say anything more than that. But this is something I didn't realize. Contestants from as far away as Africa had only eight minutes to see how many large shrimp they could put away. Huh. What do you think you could do? In eight minutes? In eight minutes, could you tear up a plate of shrimp? See, it, it depends. Do, do they have to peel the shrimp, or is the shrimp already peeled? <laughs> it's peeling, peeling shrimp when you well, have to peel it. Well, that's half the time it. right oh, there, gosh, yeah. it takes forever. Well. I have no idea. You could eat a lot of shrimp in chestnut, eight minutes. Chestnut down 77 large shrimp in eight minutes. Mm. Only three more than the runner-up. Wow. Chestnut has also won eating contests. I'm curious with, how big the shrimp were. I know. <laughs> and if they were peeled or not, because yeah, I mean, has the standards. Really, that makes a difference. It does. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, eight minutes, you've, you could eat one shrimp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Chestnut, if you don't know, has won eating contests with hot dogs, tacos, and burritos. His trick is to wash down the food with warm water that's aimed to help relax his stomach. Oh, okay. Oh, that's the trick, I guess. Okay, <laughs> warm water. I'll have to remember that. Yeah, I was going to say, you look like you have a goal in mind or something. I do love shrimp. All right. You like burgers? Yes. Who's your favorite burger joint? Five Guys. 
There you go. I mean, you're no, along, no question. You're along no with doubt. the rest of the country. Five Guys is America's favorite burger spot. That's according to a so Harris good. Poll survey. This is the second year in a row that Five Guys has taken top honors in Harris's Burger Brand of the Year. I've still, I've never tried them. Really? Yes. Are you a, do you like burgers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what yeah. is, how have you never tried, wow. I don't know. Last year, the chain broke Best in and out. Two-year winning streak. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Best, I mean, they, they, um, they get potatoes and they actually make them into fries in the restaurant. Wow. So, I mean, and I get a Cajun style, of course. So of they have course. like this Cajun spice. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I'm, I'm just mad that they don't open until 11 because yeah. a lot of times, sometimes I'll leave here before 11 and I'm like, I want to, oh. Oh. Well, more than 77,000 people were surveyed to determine the winner among 17 different burger chains. I've been to In-N-Out Burger once when I was in Dallas. It was pretty good, but it's not Five Guys. It's no Five Guys? Right. All right. Well, there you have it. I mean, Five Guys is better. I'm not giving them a free commercial here. A, <laughs> they're not a sponsor or anything. But That's all right. You should go in there today and say, I did a free commercial for you today. <laughs> and I want something. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so, but no, Five Guys, their burgers, I think, are better than like most restaurant burgers. Wow, that is a free commercial. <laughs> like, like it, I don't know. It's not. I don't know if it's good for you. Hmm. They're very greasy. <laughs> That's probably why they're so good. I'm going to go out on a limb and wonder what you're going to have for lunch and or dinner today. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I'll be back. Oh, I'll. Actually, well, you have to go check on your kitten. I do have to go check on my kitten. From, yes, <laughs> from outside the studio. Yep. And someone um, who also texted in a name idea at 23680 that if the cat is a boy, I could call him Buddy after the Bud Man since I did find him near the 50,000-watt front porch. Yeah, you could. And plus, like when the cat does something bad, you could go, no, Bud. Bad Bud. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Stop ripping the couch, Bud. All right. I think that might be just the case. I think we might name the cat Bud. Litter box. Litter box, Bud. Litter box, Bud. Use a litter box, Bud. Sold. All right. So Dave's going to go uh, pet. Cat Bud. Pet Bud. We have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFO. Telling you, man. Could be riots somewhere in the country later today without their Starbucks. I just don't know what's going to happen there. Um, I mean, I'll be okay. I, I don't go that much. I like the Frappuccinos, but there's a lot of calories. So I probably should stay away from them. All right, this is Yaffe filling in for Bud. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Beyond Reason R. You can uh, send me a friend request on Facebook as well. We got Tom Benson producing and Stephanie screening your calls at 407 407- 916-5400. So earlier in the show, we talked about Publix caving to the anti-gun protesters. As much as David Hogg doesn't like it, though, I believe this will not stop support of the Second Amendment. Here's one example why. There's an interesting Florida story where someone was able to stop an attacker who could have very well killed him, pretty much tried to kill him, killed his employee he was able to stop the attacker because he had a gun and was able to defend himself according to our friends over at fox 35 
A man of Volusia County was shot and killed Saturday night after he allegedly attacked a Little Caesars employee. Surveillance footage, which you can find online, it's everywhere, from inside the Little Caesars pizza shop shows the attack. A worker closing shop for the night. He steps outside and a man hits him with a wooden board over and over again until the board breaks. Cops said the attacker got him on the ground and tried to stab him with scissors. Holly Hill Police Chief Stephen Aldrich said the victim quickly turned the tables. Even though he's being attacked, he's able to pull out a concealed firearm he has and fires multiple rounds at the suspect, he said. Um, The attacker lay bleeding in the parking lot when police showed up. He died at the hospital. Police said he was wearing a clown mask to hide his face. Before the attack, surveillance video showed the man wearing the mask walking near the pizza place. Uh, The police chief, Stephen Aldrich, had more to say about it. Here it is. I'm glad that he was able to defend himself and that he's okay. Um, It's just unfortunate that this whole episode occurred. We don't have any indication that there's anyone else involved. But obviously, if he left a car somewhere or there's someone in a car, anything of that nature, we want to follow up on. I mean, if you watch the video, it's it's pretty scary. I mean, we've all been in situations where we're going to our car in the parking lot. No one's out there late at night. If you work at a retail store or something, you've probably done it by yourself at night. It would be really scary seeing someone in a clown mask. And he had some kind of like two by four. He had scissors. He was really trying to hurt him. You can kill someone that way. You don't need a gun to kill someone. This employee could have been killed by this intruder. In fact, um, the employee says he's still pretty shaken up about it. Um, um, let's see. He says the employee, what the employee was closing up shop at the what was Caesars. Um, I had more on this. Oh, here it is. Uh, the piece, the pizza worker who fought off the attacker is apparently still haunted by what happened. Uh, his name is Roberto Filisano. He shot and killed a man who attacked him this weekend outside the Little Caesars, as I said. Uh, His father says his son is at home recovering, but he still has had trouble sleeping since the attack. He also tells Channel 9 his son is set to meet today with detectives. So, but here's a situation that's a perfect example of why people are not going to give up their Second Amendment rights. Because what was it that this guy was able to use to defend himself? He could have been killed by this detector. But he was able to defend himself because he was—he had a gun. He was a good guy with a gun. I know a lot of people want to take away that right. What if we didn't have that right? There's a very good chance, in my opinion, that this guy could have been killed. And you could probably see more attacks like this around the country. If you take away gun rights, there are millions of examples in this country of people using a gun either in self-defense to actually to defend themselves or just merely showing the gun and that enough is self-defense to get rid of the attacker. And it's a deterrent in a lot of situations. Those stories don't get reported as much, but they happen all the time in this country. And those stories are why you're not going to just be able to get rid of the Second Amendment. David Hogg, I'm sorry. I know that's what you really want, but 
It's not going to happen. 407-916-5400. Text to 23680. It is 849 here on Good Morning Orlando. Well, I know many people were driving over the weekend and probably noticed that gas prices are pretty high. Higher than they have been in a little while. Although they probably, they're saying they might actually go down in the next few days. But the Democrats took took a break from Russia, Russia, Russia with Trump and decided to look at the gas prices and decided to um, find something else to blame on Trump. That's right. Senate Democrats are now saying that it's Trump fault, Trump's fault that we have high gas prices. It's been a big deal with them over the past week. They're trying to find something that resonates with voters, especially since the Republicans are starting to do a lot better on the generic ballots coming up to the midterm, something that the Democrats did not expect. In fact, last week, Senate Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer actually went in front of a gas station and took time to blame Trump for the high gas prices. This is what he said. According to energy analysts and experts, President Trump's reckless decision to pull out of the Iran deal has led to higher oil prices. These higher oil prices are translating directly to soaring gas prices, something we know disproportionately hurts middle and lower income people. All right, so he gets up there and he says, because Trump pulled out of the Iran deal, that must be why we have high gas prices. Well, I will say this. There is no doubt that the Iran situation has led to an increase in oil prices, slightly. But to blame most of the increase on Trump and in pulling out of the Iran deal, for one, I would have to say, you want to see high gas prices, wait until Iran gets a nuclear weapon and you have a nuclear arms race in the Middle East, then you're going to start seeing high gas prices. And if you want to see high gas prices, look to California. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just crazy over there. But the fact is that experts are saying that the, the increase from the Iran, the impact from the Iran deal, maybe increased gas prices three to five cents per gallon. That's it. So where is most of the increase coming from? Well, it's coming from two different things. In 2016, OPEC decided to curb its oil production. That's one thing. But the biggest thing is, frankly, that the economy is doing a lot better. And when the economy is doing well, that means demand for gas and demand for oil here and around the world has gone up. And when you have high demand and you have a limited supply, that means prices will go up. So what do you do to help lower prices in the future? Well, it's pretty simple, pretty simple economics. You increase supply. Two ways to increase supply. You get OPEC to do it. And OPEC has decided they are going to start doing that, increasing their supply a little bit. But you can also increase the supply here by using the resources we have here, by drilling more for oil here. Who has been trying to stop that? Well, Senate Democrats like Chuck Schumer. In fact, the Trump administration has been pushing to expand offshore drilling and drilling in Alaska and drilling for other places in other places for more oil so we can increase the supply here. His administration put forward a plan to do that months ago, and it's been mostly Democrats, many here in Florida, some Republicans here in Florida, but across the country that have been pushing 
that have been fighting against that. That have been basically saying that, no, we don't want to expand more drilling here. We don't want to use the resources we have here, global warming and all that. And then, so they don't want to increase the supply here. They don't want to expand drilling here, but then they want to blame Trump for the high gas prices. I thought Democrats would want high gas prices because then they could push their green energy more. Very interesting, but it's just not true that the Iran deal is the biggest impact. The biggest impact is the good economy. All right, so I appreciate you joining me this morning. Bud will be back tomorrow. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, or you can send me a friend request on Facebook. Thanks to Tom Benton for filling in and producing today, and Stephanie for screening your calls. And I'll end the show just like Bud does. God bless you, and God bless America. Catch you next time. <laughs>